You've got many. You've got many talents. I mean, I've I've got many talents, but giving the notices is definitely not one of them. So, it's funny because I'm good at admin. I just don't seem to remember church admin very well. But anyway, never mind. Good morning. Good morning. If you're again, if you're new to us, you are incredibly welcome. Um, especially as this morning, it's typically like you get to a couple of weeks before Christmas, and we we had the same experience. No, Steve will look after Noah. Don't worry. Um, so we had our, our daughter-in-law and our son and our children with us last night over the weekend because they're going to the in-laws. And I know we've got a number of people who were doing that this weekend. So it's nice to have some new faces to fill in some of the gaps because we've got quite a lot of people. I mean, Colin, wonderful, wonderful Colin sat in Tenerife now, isn't he? <laughs> not that we're jealous, not that we're doing anything like that. You can, um, you can tell we've got near that time of Christmas because I've had my Christmas haircut. <laughs> you know, have you noticed? I was, Liberty walked into school on Thursday night and said, wow, who's Sean you? I was like, well, thanks very much. But, you know, I like it nice and short. Um, it's great to have some time together. And of course, Christmas. So I've got a special Christmas joke for you. Special. He said, Nikki, I love you. And he's like, yay! Yeah, I saw that, John. Um, not you, this John, this John. <laughs> so are you ready? You've got, to, you've got to listen carefully. This needs you to pay attention or you won't understand the joke. You're all nervous now, aren't you? Yeah, all thinking, oh, Stuart, do shut up. Okay, so I went to the door, and I thought, oh, I can hear music. And I heard some, well, I guess there were carol singers, and I heard A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, M, N, N, O, P. I thought, that's odd. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, M, N, N, O, P. I thought, that's weird. Weird. No L. Noel, 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 Nikki, Noel. It's not. That it's not. Hey, why would I done? Why would I done P? Oh dear, that's better than mine. Anyway, yep, or at least everybody thinks they are. Yes. So we are. We're nearly there, aren't we? You've got, what, eight days, so don't panic. You've got eight days to do the, uh, the Christmas shopping and everything else. It'll all happen before the big day. I'd have to say one of the things that I've really um, enjoyed over the last few years is the, the sort of transition that, that Liz and I have done and that we've encouraged to be as part of this church and how we do things is, um, you know, rather than... We, we In the past, I've done things where the church has organised lots of events and then... And then assumed, pressurised, lots of people to turn up and do things to, to serve that vision. That's not what we do. We do the, if you want to do a carol concert on your street, go and do one. We'll put some money into it. Some people may come and help you, but it's your thing for you to do, and we want to support you in that. So historically, by this time of year, if I'm honest, I've been on my knees because I would have done umpteen extra Christmas talks. I used to joke and say, you know, I said goodbye to my kids on about the 14th of November and then welcomed them back on Boxing Day, usually by, if I'm honest, by being in bed with a migraine because this period of time was just full of extra things. And one of the things I've really enjoyed over the last few years is, is getting some joy back in Christmas, getting some sense of it. It's not just about work. And I'm not... You know, um, Life Church this week are doing their one today, are doing their big Christmas spectacular. And we should be praying for that and praying that's an, an enormous success because they put a lot of effort and a lot of time into it and bless them for doing it. 
but I'm pleased that we don't. We do other things. We encourage us to be our family and to be time together like we're going to do on the Thursday evening. But it, it did make me sort of reflect on, on Christmas, on this period, because, it, you know, I mean, for many of us, I guess, obviously we are going to do, we're going to do the food, we're going to do the presents, although this year we're having a real break because there's just going to be four of us. So I did the Christmas shopping, sat in bed. Marks and Spencers, yep, pre-done turkey, tick, pre-done pudding, tick, pre-done starters, tick, Christmas Day sorted. How good is that? They'll still give the things to do. And it, it's good to want to do the presents and the food, and I get all of that. But then I was pondering, I'm like, you know, Christmas. How much relevance do I give to Christmas? And if, for, for a church like ours, you know, what, what is it that we not go on about, but we, we, we know we're about? We're about the kingdom of God. We're about seeing signs and wonders, miracles where we are. That's, that's what we talk about all the time, isn't it? All the stuff we did on um, apprenticing to Jesus, on fasting, on Sabbathing, all that sort of stuff was all aimed at saying, all that stuff, that's not to, you know, all the teaching we did, we did a year of it, to say if we want to do what Jesus did, we need to do what Jesus did. If we want to be a church that's about signs and wonders and miracles, we need to live the life of Jesus, follow his pattern. But where does Christmas connect into that? You know, Christmas that has become so about family, that's important. Presents, it's good to be generous to each other. You all know I like good food, look at me. You didn't have to laugh at that. But, you know. <laughs> I did. I was, I was preparing and I said to Liz, you know, what does having a baby do, have to do with the supernatural? And Liz said, only a man would say something like that. If you'd given birth, you'd understand that birth itself is supernatural, i.e. surviving it is supernatural. Only a bloke would say that. And then so I was thinking, okay, so what... How do we see Christmas as something that isn't separate to, but is part of our life and journey as a church? What, what do we choose to do about that? So I'm going to get you to do some thinking, as I always do, well, usually when I'm preaching at least. So some passages are going to appear on the screen, as if by PowerPoint magic. I would like you to get in some groups. If you're new to us, this is something we do. Rather than having the Bible read at us, we read it together. And then we try and think about some of the things that are there and discuss what's, what, how the word of God has spoken to us. So they'll stay on. So let's have a group. I'm going to be, uh, see, how, see how you do. You might want two groups over there and a group here. Remember, the, the young people here are brilliant at reading the Bible. So why don't you ask one of them to read the Bible to you? Because they often come up and read it when we have it up on the screen. So you could always, you could always split up some of the boys and send one, one of them over here. Stephanie, because they're brilliant at reading, your boys. Anyway, it's up to you. But get into so move your chairs. Come on, I'm expecting you to move. You know this. If you're not familiar with this, if you just want to sort of sit back and let everybody else do the hard work, that's absolutely fine. I want you to look at these two passages. Have a look at what happens. And see if you can see, is there a connection between them? <laughs> Best, Claire's got a, they're both in the Bible, he said. Okay. 
Okay, Let, let's see if we can work it out together, shall we? Let's start over. Somebody tell me over here what happens in the Luke passage. Come on, Joel. Um, in the Luke passage, the. No, oh, it's turned on. Turned off on that. Okay. Hang on. Let me turn you back on. You'll be there in a moment, John. Two seconds. Yes. Can you hear me, mother? Try now. Try now. Can you hear me, mother? Aye. Okay. Um, in the Luke passage, um, it's where the shepherds um, are out in the fields and yep. the um, angel of the Lord comes down and um, scares them to death. Yep. And then um, the heavenly hosts come and join in and um, they give blessing and peace to everyone. Cool. Thank you very much. All right. So what happens when we eventually got to the right verses of 2 Kings 6 and I stopped freaking out because I was like, what's going on? What happens? Somebody tell me. Come on. Okay. Come on. What happens? All right. Uh, it's about uh, Elisha and yep. the servants. Yeah. Now, what the servants were seeing was the enemies. Well, Elisha, God, opened his eyes that he may see. Yeah. And then when God opened his eyes, yeah. he saw that they had angelic hosts around them. Yeah. For me, the connection is this. We always have the angelic hosts around us. Yeah. But it may not be visible to the natural eye. Yeah. So if God opens your eyes spiritually, or you're always connected or sensitive spiritually, yeah. you will know that you're always covered with angelic hosts. Come on. That's the sermon done. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you see and hear the angels? Do you see the angelic or the supernatural host? Or do you just see the enemy and the hillsides? That's got to be the question for us, isn't it? It's simple. Do you seek the supernatural? Do you expect the supernatural? Or do you think that's for other people? Because some people notice... And some people don't. I mean, think about it. If you look into the story a little bit more, what does it say? Click on, darling. Please. What does it say? Depending on what version you've got, a great company or a multitude. Whichever way you want to read it, an enormous number of angels appear, don't they? And they are all singing. It says the hillsides around Bethlehem. So why doesn't the whole of Bethlehem wake up? Well, why don't they? Because they, they don't take any notice. There's, a, there's a, whole, a whole lot of lights. The shepherds see and hear. But the rest of the village seems to take no notice. Jerusalem is only about five to six miles away. Herod was in Jerusalem. But we know that he doesn't see and hear them because he needs the three. They're not wise men, and there's probably not three of them. Well, wise men's a better wing. They're certainly not kings. They have to go and tell him. The whole village is there. There's a whole lot of population and people who could take notice of the angelic host, and they choose, they choose not to. They don't, do they? Go on, Anna. Hang on, let me get a mic so everybody else can hear you. And then it's on the recording. I wonder as well how much it is to do with busyness too, because the shepherds in their occupation, they needed to just basically watch. 
And that's a really, it's a thing of solitude, isn't it? It's a thing of, of quietness, whereas probably everyone else is getting on with their lives and that probably has resonance for people in the 21st century as well. Absolutely, it does. It does. Any other observations? Go on, John. In the, in the two kings passage, you've got uh, two men looking at the same situation from an entirely different perspective. One is at peace and rest and the other is in panic. Absolutely. And the connection is intimacy. Yep, come on. Anybody else? Any other observations from people? You want to chip in? We do this because I'm not, I, I never want to suggest I've got all the answers. We can all read the word and we can all be up to the Holy Spirit. Sorry, your name is? Mark. Mark, great to have you with us. Go on, Mark. Yeah, I've just thought of this, actually. Uh, the multitude. Yeah. Um, Jesus appeared to 5,000. Yeah. So 5,000 plus women and children. Yeah. There's a multitude of angels. Yeah. It means a lot and 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 a lot more. These angels turn up. The servant of Elisha is so fixed on the circumstances, he doesn't see the answer. So fixed in the normality of life, he doesn't see the breakthrough point. I like your point, Anna. You know, there they are, the shepherds, stirring their lamb stew. I mean, probably not, that wouldn't be very subtle, would it? But, you know, darning their socks, whatever it is they're doing. But as you say, they've probably not got a lot else to do. Their job is to watch. And is there a connection by the fact that they're watching and attentive that it's to them? that the angels appear. There are other suggestions, of course. The shepherds were the outcasts. They looked after animals. That meant they smelt of sheep. They were not popular amongst the rest of the population. Who does God choose to appear to? The marginalised, the broken, the forgotten. We see that time and ten again through scripture. And the angels appear suddenly, we're told. They appear like that. It should be on the screen, darling. For the servant, what happens? Well, he doesn't see, and then he sees. Suddenly, he notices. If we'd been there, would we have seen the angels? Would we have been seeking the supernatural? Or are we too busy worrying about whether there'll be a turkey left in Aldi? The sound of the angels' voices could have been heard in other places. Do we hear the angels singing? Or do we make Christmas about activity, not pausing, to see and expect the supernatural? You see, that there's a great divide. And on one level, you want to sort of say, out in the church, no, and we welcome people with all sorts of stuff. And we don't go, oh, no, that shouldn't happen. We go, that's family life. And what we all want to do afterwards is see how we can support them. But we don't, we don't do judgment, we do acceptance. I often say, you know, if you think families don't fall out, then I don't know which family you grew up in. <laughs> what, what, happen, what is important is what happens when things don't go as well as you want them to go? How do you react then? Proper families step up and step in. Families that are broken fall apart. So we get a choice, don't we? Either we, we look and think, oh, I don't like kids misbehaving in church. Or you look and think, isn't it wonderful that there's kids in church who five minutes ago were reading the Bible? And that, that's the reality of children. They swap like that. Yeah. The, the reality is they are often sensitive to what's going on in the spirit and then they react. Yeah. So we don't, we don't, that's not an issue. Yeah. We go and, and we say, that's fine. We gather around and then we come back, don't we? Because here's the great divide. And it, I, in my notes, it says, you know, in the world out there, but actually it's not, it's everywhere. 
It's in the church as well. Do we stop and look for the supernatural? Do we press in to say, I want to be the person who sees the angels and takes notice? And the probability is you would react the same as, well, virtually everybody does in Scripture. What's, what's the first thing that angels nearly always say? Don't be afraid. Which means their appearance must be scary. Yeah? I mean, you know, you look in Scripture, there's all sorts of ways of describing angels. One bit tells us that he's got continents, well, him, they, have got continent-spreading legs. They have one foot in one continent and one foot in another. They're that enormous. Gabriel says, I stand in the presence of God. Think about that. Gabriel beholds God's nature and character. That rubs off, doesn't it? When people have spent time in God's presence, you can notice. No wonder when Gabriel turns up, the first response people, he has to give to people is, don't be scared. Some people want to listen to the angels, want to see the supernatural in every circumstance and welcome it, or we can get distracted. We can avoid the point. And I know, you know, the trouble is for lots of us, we've been raised in the materialistic Western educated world where we're taught if you can't prove it, it doesn't exist. If you can't do empirical scientific research, oh, well, it's not real. Well, that's interesting because how do we know Abraham Lincoln existed then? There's other truth, isn't there? There's historical truth, not just scientific truth. But because of the rise of the Enlightenment and that brought many good things, the church got infected with the if you can't see it, it's not real. If I can't prove it to you, it doesn't exist. Okay, so explain to me the beauty of a sunrise. Put, put that in a scientific equation for me then, can you? Tell me how poetry can influence your heart and spirit. Just a set of words, scientifically, isn't it? What about falling in love? You can give me a chemical equation for that? Are you going to say there are more things that exist in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your pale philosophy? The supernatural is real. And the supernatural should be all over Christmas. Some people go and see the Grand Canyon and see a big crack in the ground. Some people go and see the beauty of creation and God's power revealed. I know what I did when I saw it. I worshipped. I was like, this is staggeringly beautiful. The same thing happens, doesn't it? When, and, and science supposedly gave us the answers. Do you know, in the early days of, sci of space travel, a Russian cosmonaut, he came back from having been on, in orbit and everything else to the Earth, and he declared that he had looked for God in space and hadn't found him until a wise philosopher said, take your space suit off, you'll meet him very quickly. <laughs> it should be impossible to miss the supernatural at Christmas. Angels pop up all over the story. Who tells Joseph to still stay married to Mary? An angel. Who announces the birth of Jesus to Mary? An angel. Who speaks to Elizabeth about Jesus' cousin, John? An angel, yes. 
Who tells Mary and Joseph to go to Egypt to stay safe? How do the wise people, probably not three of them, probably men, but not definitely, how do they know what happens? A supernatural sign, doesn't it? It's all over Christmas. You see, when we stop and think about it, we believe in the supernatural all over Christmas. Actually, take out the supernatural from Christmas and there's not that much left. A baby, a, a woman gave birth to a baby. Shock horror. Happens all the time. But we believe, as a church and hopefully as individuals, that actually this is not the real world. There is another more real world. The world of the supernatural. The world of the kingdom of God. The world of the angelic. And actually, that's the real world. These, as C.S. Lewis said, are the shadowlands. And the real supernatural part of Christmas is the world that has always existed, that is real, that is full of the presence of God, that is full of the power of God, where miracles and the supernatural are commonplace and every day come into our world and become normal. Because when Jesus walks the street, we're told whole villages brought the entire population out and he healed them. Well, why did they do that? Because they knew that that's what Jesus normally did. But we make the supernatural. Well, it's weird and out there. No, no, no. It's here. It should be part of our experience. It should be part of our expectations. At Christmas, Revelation says, the kingdoms of man or of humanity have become the kingdom of our God. What happens supernaturally at Christmas is the other world, the real world, comes in the presence and person of Jesus and never leaves. If his people, full of his spirit, will be open to his kingdom and seek the supernatural. Seek to live knowing that we are, as Ephesians tells us, seated in heavenly places, living from heaven to earth expecting the power and the goodness and the supernatural breakthrough of heaven to be our everyday experience. And, and Christmas is a great big clue. And we miss it. It's, it's, I'm not, it's great to enjoy your family. It's wonderful to be generous to each other at Christmas. That's a fantastic option. A great place to start. But you know what I'm going to say next? A bad place to stop. What should be our reality? The fact that Christmas is supernatural. It's all over the story. It's all part of the experience. The infinite God became finite. The immortal became mortal. The creator became the created. The omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent, that means all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present, chose to invade a young girl's womb. The almighty became a helpless baby. The deity was dressed in strips of cloth. 
That's all supernatural. Martin Luther, the great German reformer, said this way, He whom the world could not enwrap, yonder lies in Mary's lap. The one that created the stars, the one in whom we live and move and have our being, moved into the neighbourhood. And took up his residence amongst us. That's supernatural. The Christian view of Christmas should be entirely supernatural. Entirely about the goodness and the power of God being made real on earth. In front of his people who choose to have their eyes opened. And see not the surrounding enemy but the power and the glory of God. Who choose to see the supernatural. I would say if you take the supernatural out of Christianity. We're basically left with a, with a religious book club. Studying important but remote text. Rather than seeing this is the truth of God. That is matched by the power of God. That brings the life of God. That's what we want to be about. Can you hear the angels singing? Do you want to be the one who seeks and sees the supernatural in Christmas? Are you going to stop at presents and family? It's the most wonderful time of the year, the song says. But actually, if we're honest, for lots of us, it's hard work. There's lots to do. There's lots of extra people. We've probably got here exhausted because we haven't had a holiday since the summer. So actually Christmas is, thank goodness I've got there and I'm still alive. <laughs> no, experience for, for, for lots of us, the reality. So talk to Paul. Paul spent the last however many weeks putting Christmas trees up. And when he gets to January, he'll spend however many weeks taking them all down again. He's exhausted. Isn't that how many of us get to Christmas? So what are we going to do? Are we going to stop and say, actually, Lord, I want to be the one who has his eyes opened, my eyes opened, her eyes opened, and say, Christmas is all about the supernatural. Angelic breakthrough and announcement. Miraculous, God-smacking incarnation. The kingdom of God that had always touched the earth in the Old Testament, but not stayed becomes real and becomes the only reality that matters. So why don't you, this Christmas, do some of the stuff we've talked about? On Christmas Eve, stop and say, what's happening in the spiritual realm around me? I'm going to choose to align myself and say, show me the angelic. Show me what's going on in the spiritual realms. If that's new teaching to you, get the Blake Healy books He's an amazing guy. We had him at school. You can get the videos. He gives you skills and ways. And we've done it in church, haven't we? About seeing the supernatural. Pausing and saying, what's going on as we worship? What's going on as we pray? You can do that in your own house. You, you could stop and do that over Christmas lunch. Pass the potatoes. But by the way, what's happening in the spiritual realm? I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. You could, couldn't you? E even with your non-Christian family, you could stop and say... Do you feel anything special about this day? 
Does it feel different at all? Because I think it should do. Because this is about celebrating the supernatural invasion by the creator God into his creation. There's an opportunity. Do you start your day? We, we'll have, our kids are all older now, but we used to have all the kids in our bed on Christmas Day morning. And of course they all wanted to, to open their presents. And we wanted to see them open their presents. But we would always stop, look up some verses from the Bible and read the Christmas story. And then we'd ask one of them and say, why don't you pray and thank God for this day? And then we'd open our presents and we'd love it. And there'd be paper everywhere and laughter and joy. But it's possible to do both, isn't it? It's possible to say, on this Christmas day, actually, Lord, what, what, what I need to happen to me and through me is I want to be especially sensitive to the supernatural. I want this Christmas celebration to be something that launches me into the next year having my eyes opened to see the glory, power, and wonder of God. Christmas is supernatural. If I'm honest, I've missed it for years. It's about work. It's about writing the next talk. It's about making sure you're all all right, although we've got the, the appropriate Christmas events to include people and encourage people. Hang on. That's literally the icing on the cake. Notice the cake. The supernatural goodness of God being made real in and amongst his people. That's the invitation. We, we want to be a church that's about the kingdom, about signs, wonders and miracles. So actually we should be more excited about Christmas, not less. So the supernatural is written all over the Christmas story. Don't miss it. Do you hear the angels sing? Are your eyes open to see the power and the presence of God? Do you welcome Christmas for presence? Or are you going to welcome Christmas for presence? The invasion of the supernatural. Why don't we stand? There might be background noise, that's fine. If you want to stay sat down, that's fine. But let's just pause. We, we, we worship to encounter the presence of God. We study his word to encounter the presence of God. And when he's here, you stop and listen. So let's just welcome him. And you might want to put your hands in front of you. You might want to put, if it's about memory stuff, sometimes it's good to put the, the, your hand on the back of your head and say, Lord, I want a new way of thinking. Yeah. So Lord, we pray. We welcome you. We say, we know you're always present, but be especially present now. By the presence of your Holy Spirit. Yeah. Give us new ears, new eyes, and a new spirit that seeks the supernatural, that expects to hear the angels sing. all over the Christmas period, and then every day after. Yeah. And it might be that you just need to release to God a memory that, you know, well, Christmas is this, it's that. If that's coming into your mind, that's fine. It's the Holy Spirit speaking. Just give it to him and say, Lord, I feel this about Christmas.
or I feel this about my family visiting, or whatever it might be. Just release that to him. Just Sometimes it's good. You don't have to say it so everybody can hear it. But you can just say it in your, with speaking out some words, Lord, I, you know, Christmas for me has been this. It's been work. It's been duty. It's been family. But then ask him the question, what, what does he give you in exchange? I think the invitation is encounter, presence, seeing the supernatural. So we welcome you, Lord God, to exchange our memories for truth, our history for a future. Our past missing of the point of Christmas for a present experience of the supernatural. In Jesus' name, amen. As ever, if I've stirred you up and you want to ask something or you're like, oh, what was that? What are those Blake Healy books or whatever else? Just come and talk to either me or Liz. And we'd love to, uh, to keep on resourcing you. Thursday... We'll, we'll try and eat around seven. It would be great if some people can be here around six to lump out tables and put pretty lights up and do stuff like that that I'm told makes it Christmassy. Um, you are really, really welcome to bring friends and family. We'd love you to bring some people actually and be part of doing family food together. We just need a vague clue of how many. Okay? So there'll be other drinks. There'll be some songs and worship on. If you um, came this morning needing healing, needing a supernatural invention, intervention in your body or in your family or whatever else it might be, then turn to somebody next to you and say, will you pray for me? Because we all love doing that. And it's not about whether I do it. It's about the presence and power of God. Okay, so have a bit of time to chat to each other. And then in a little bit, we'll start.